Hello, this is Robert Fleming, your host for Elder Law Issues. Ordinarily, you would be listening to me talking with my law partner, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, but um, today I'm going to be talking with my other law partner, Jacqueline J. Mingle, Jackie, to her friends. Welcome, Jackie, and welcome to your, your uh, first attempt at podcasting. Thanks. I, it's, 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 it'll be interesting to be here. Are you terrified? Um, I'm a little bit nervous. Yes, I have to say I've never done anything like this before, so it's it's completely new to me. It'll be uh, it'll be easy. Uh, there's a reason that I wanted you to uh, to join me today, and that is because you recently um, got some good news, and I think that we need to talk a little bit about your good news and and what it means and 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 what it means for clients as well as what it means for you. So not to not to hide the ball too much, the good news is that you just learned that you've been certified as a, an estate and trust specialist by the State Bar of Arizona. Congratulations. Thank you. And, and what does it mean? What did, what, what did you have to do to get that certification? Well, I had to sit for an exam, um, and the exam was comprised of a bunch of questions about estates and trusts, and I had to write what I knew, and apparently I knew enough to be certified. <laughs> Uh, you're being modest. On top of that, you also had to go through a peer review process. Other practitioners had to say that they thought you knew a thing or two about estates and trusts. That's true, but I didn't know a lot about that process. It happened in the background. I provided a couple of names, and then the state bar took it from there and then allowed me to sit for the exam once I passed that phase. So I, I have to reveal that uh, there's a little bit of, of uh, uh, close inside baseball i'm not quite sure what the right metaphor is that's socially acceptable to use on a podcast but um, uh, i'm the chair of the committee that deals with uh, certification of estate and trust practitioners but removed myself from that position during your your uh, your application process and your exam so i didn't get a chance to push you through the process you did it on your own good work uh, so how, how long do you have to practice estate and trust work before you can be a, a specialist? For five years, um, and I actually have been practicing for a little more than six. So I, I guess I took a year to prepare for the exam before I actually took it. <laughs> was it hard work preparing for the exam? Um, uh, it, was, it was some work. I'm not sure I would call it hard. I um, reviewed a lot of material that um, I don't run across every day, but I... I am, um, I am fortunate in that in my practice over the six years that I've been practicing, I've been able to do a wide variety of types of um, cases. And so I felt, I ended up finding that I was more prepared for the exam than I, than I realized when I began to prepare. And, and I know that in order to get this certification, you have to demonstrate that you know a thing or two about guardianship and conservatorship, as well as estate and gift and and fiduciary income tax, as well as drafting wills and trusts, as well as administering and handling probate proceedings. So there's a, a wide variety of different subtopics within the specialization. That, of course, uh, is not universal. Not everybody who practices in this area has that certification. Do you know just how special you are? I don't, do you? <laughs> I, I looked it up. I don't happen to know off the top of my head. But there are almost 20,000 lawyers in Arizona. And as of your uh, arrival on the scene, I believe you are the 45th 
certified specialists in estates and trusts. So a pretty small sub subset of, of lawyers. Wow, I didn't know um, that the, the subset was quite that small. So There are quite a lot more lawyers who practice in the area. And of course, having the certification doesn't prove, it's, it's not completely dispositive of the question whether you're a good lawyer or reasonably priced or well-respected by your peers, but it's a, it's a good marker. So congratulations. Thank you. You have some other connections, and, and let's explore those just a little bit. Um, you have some, and, and you lack some. There are some other ways to test whether somebody knows anything about a state and trust kind of law. You're a member, as I am, as the other members of our firm are, of the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys. What, what does That's that correct. mean? That means that I am a member of this group. It's a national group, and there are uh, local chapters um, that provide um, educational opportunities, conferences, conferences, etc., networking opportunities for elder law attorneys. Um, and I uh, participate in quite a few of those, and I often speak at the conferences. There's a state version of the organization as well. I don't know how many members are Arizona members are uh, in the the state chapter of NALA, but I'm going to guess that it's on the order of 100, 150, something like that, unless you know better. No, I don't know the membership numbers. <laughs> You're also on the uh, the council of the, uh, oh gosh, they changed their name. What's the name of the, uh, what's the current name of the council? The Elder Law and Mental Health, Elder Law, Mental Health oh. and Special Needs. Is that how they've roped it together? Um, elder Law special needs and mental health planning. I'm not sure it's a council, state bar council. I'm not sure if it's that order, to be honest. So <laughs> It has for decades been the mental health and elder law section, and finally somebody decided it ought to start with elder law. You're also a member of the uh, probate and trust uh, 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 section of the state bar. Of course. Uh, as as uh, most practitioners in this area are. Uh, what other credentials are there out there that people might look to for determining whether somebody is capable in this area of practice? Well, I'm also a member of the Arizona Fiduciaries Association, and I'm quite active in that organization. It's not attorneys, but it's fiduciaries. Um, so that means it's groups of people who serve as trustee or personal representative, guardian and conservator for other people. Um, and so I'm I'm very interested in making sure the people who serve in those roles have the education that they need. So that's one role I play with that organization is developing the education aspect. Uh, a couple of us lawyers in this firm are members of the Special Needs Alliance. You're not yet a member, although um, you're a relatively recent arrival at Fleming and Curdy, so that may change in the not very distant future. Uh, Elizabeth Rawlings Freeman and I are both members of the Special Needs Alliance, another national group that focuses on special needs trusts. Um, and uh, what else? What are we missing? Uh, oh, yes, there is the American College of Trust and Estate Council. And I actually skipped over the certified elder law attorney uh, certification, too. So let's do the uh, ACTEC, the American College of Trust and Estate Council. Members of that organization are called fellows. Um, you're not a fellow of, of ACTEC. Why the heck not? Well, that might be next on the list of <laughs> things that I try, try to accomplish. Um, uh, it's just one step at a time, Robert. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I actually know the secret inside reason why you're not. You have to be 10 years in practice. Oh, well, I have a ways to go then. 
It'll be a couple of years before you're a candidate for that. And then I mentioned the CELA certification, Certified Elder Law Attorney, another exam, this one on a national level, in order to be uh, identified as a, as a specialist in elder law. Uh, and uh, once again, you have to be in practice for 10 years, so you, you get oh, a pass for having that. to take that right away. All right. I have a few years of uh, resting. So uh, somebody who's looking for a lawyer, obviously you would be a good choice because you know a thing or two about all of these areas. You're very actively involved in the organizations, but how do they know, how does, uh, does a stranger to this system know how to select a lawyer in a state trust, fiduciary uh, special needs trust in, in the related areas that we practice? Well, um, you know, looking for the designations is one way to sort of uh, sort through people, but the best way is really to ask friends and family um, if they have attorneys that they worked with that they, they enjoyed working with. Um, and then it's important to meet with the attorney to see if you just plain get along with the person and, and enjoy being, you know, around them. So that's what I usually tell people. And you can see a lot of those kinds of credentials, um, but not so much the the uh, uh, friends and family referrals online. You can also look at Fleming and Curdy's website to see if uh, if there's any indication that maybe we collectively know a thing or two about this area of practice. You, since you arrived here just a few months ago, you've been regularly writing newsletter articles, and people can check out your your depth of sophistication and knowledge. Uh, just by going to the Fleming and Curdy website, and I believe they will be impressed. Fleming and Curdy, where do you find them? Oh yes, www.elder-law.com. And Jackie, congratulations! This really is good news. I, I know you're going to have uh, many more similar credentials to to put on your card and and uh, and and to tout online in the not distant future. So good luck with all of that and congratulations for this signal accomplishment, onward and upward. My, my guest today has been Jackie Mingle, Jacqueline J. Mingle, but Jackie to her friends, partner at Fleming and Curdy. This is Robert Fleming. Thank you for joining us and join us again next week for our Elder, Elder Law Issues podcast. Talk with you then.